I think we just need to drop some on them. Yeah. You know, we haven't done that in a while, actually. It might be time. Okay. Pay attention, everyone. Pay attention. Hey, y'all, this is Trudy. Hello, friends. This is Louisa, better known as Weeze. And you're listening to That's Not How That Works. This show is about diversity, inclusion, and equity and how these things show up or don't in the coaching and personal development industry and our broader communities. So if you like what you hear, join us in our Facebook group to continue the conversation. Enjoy the show. Hey, y'all. Hello, friends. What is up? Welcome to this episode of That's Not How That Works. But um, we what's up? Oh, you know, it's cold and raining, so I'd rather be hibernating. I hear that. It's getting cold here too. Grown up life. Yeah, I did book two weeks in yes. Puerto Rico. Oh, wait, when January? So yes, I will send you the dates. You come spend some time. I wanted to go for a month, but it bumps up too close to the wedding. <laughs> Minor detail. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to be here for that. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or we could just move the whole thing to Puerto Rico. Yeah, but that's gonna. My mom won't get on a plane. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I was being selfish. Not gonna happen. <laughs> my request for your wedding <laughs> is that it's in Puerto Rico. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm funny. All right. Anyways, we got to laugh because there's a whole lot of non laughing <laughs> happening. Um, yeah, out here, out here in these streets. So, you know, we got to laugh all we can. Would you like to frame the conversation for the listeners? I absolutely would. Do it. Look, y'all. <laughs> this gonna be <laughs> this gonna be one of them talks. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's gonna be one of them talks because I came in hot on the call with Weez when we when we jumped when we jumped on the call. I'm feeling a little better though, so I don't have to choke anybody right now. Okay, that's good. So, what here's the issue that we're seeing that we need to unpack. We're seeing a whole lot of emotional and manipulative behavior out here on these social media and email marketing streets particularly, and this is the part that really, because that has always had the manipulation. We know sales has always been like a thing, you know, people, which is a problem, but it's also not new. What is particularly grinding my gears <laughs> right now. Chapping your ass. Yes. Is the misuse of anti-racism work, of justice work, of language around diversity, equity, and inclusion, supremacy, culture, whiteness, all these things, the misuse of these things as branding opportunities to sell shit to people. Or exploitation opportunities. I want to throw that in or right now. Expo- right. Or exploitation opportunities, straight up exploitative behavior out here. And because we're in a moment where people are still very sensitive to not wanting to do the wrong thing and really wanting to do the right thing and wanting to be, you know, at various degrees of authenticity, right? Some people just from a performative space, some people actually really wanting to do the right thing. They are falling for these ploys. And I am sick of the manipulation of the community of people who are really committed and trying to do better And I'm sick of the bastardization of our profession using this kind of work as a marketing opportunity. I'm so fucking tired of it. Like it is so, it's exhausting because again, years ago, and you know this before, even before and during when we started this podcast, when we were like checking our soundcloud reports and you know have a handful (laughs) of people listening right yeah you know i have i just have had so many people over the years be like oh you know like it's not really an issue this isn't really an issue you should change your niche you should do that up until 20 early 2020 where people were dismissive of the work that i have been trying to do that we have been trying to do and then all of a sudden because it's in the media People are using the opportunity to prop themselves up. And it's like, you just learned these words last week. Literally yesterday. You can't even spell them. 
Like for real, what are you even doing? What you have no business teaching or, or even collaborating, stay a fucking student, chill out. How about propping up other people, other professionals who have been doing this work and are trying to build an actual career doing this work? But no, you got to center yourself. Like there's just all of these things are happening all of the time. And we don't talk about this. Yeah. So I think what I want to do is talk about what does this look like so that people really understand. And and we're not just talking about white folks. For Oh, clarity. no, 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 we're not. All folks, all the folks. We're talking about everybody. And we said at the beginning uh, when we like came back into recording that we were going to turn the light back on our own industry, our own profession. And it's time that we have a little come to Beyonce with everybody on all sides. So first let's talk about, cause honestly, I'm a little less irked when I see white people do it because I expect it of them. I know that white folks are going to engage in the behavior that we're going to describe because that's how white supremacy works. And so if you haven't truly done your transformational work and you have jumped on the equity train for the purpose of creating the perception of equity without the integrity of the actionability and the transformational change, then of course, what you're going to do is co-opt, center yourself and, and turn yourself into the fucking expert when you got here yesterday, because you haven't actually done the work to know that there's so many things wrong with that. So it still irks my whole soul, but it doesn't, hit me quite as hard as when I see melanated folks doing it. And so we'll talk about that second, if that's cool with you. So what we have seen a lot of what we've always seen, but what we've seen so much of in the last two years specifically, or a year and some change now, almost two years, 18 months, whatever it is, since, you know, the great white awakening, May, 2020 with the murder of George Floyd, God rest his soul is white folks jumping on the bandwagon, having acquired the language, having acquired a very like superficial base level, mediocre at best understanding of a lot of these oppressive systems, these white supremacist ideologies, and being able to converse just like you would if you learned a language, right? Like if I learn Spanish tomorrow, I could go to a Spanish speaking country and get by. Right. So they've learned the language of anti-racism. They've learned the language of anti-oppression. They've learned the language of equity and justice and and revolution enough to get by. And now infusing it left and right into marketing, into branding, into their social media captions, into their podcasts and into their businesses as though they're then going to be able to teach you how to do what we have been doing. And, and folks like us have been doing for years and years and years and years and years and years when they just started learning the language. They picked up anti-racism Duolingo yesterday. Let me tell you, I y'all know I work with a couple of different training institutions, people who certify coaches. Right. And I have had exploratory discussions with white people who teach coaching many of them who have coaching schools who have asked me to come into their school to look at their curriculum and to help judge for lack of a better term that's what it is judge up and advise them on making their content more diverse and inclusive and equitable and i got to tell you when they ask me that i tell them no I tell them no, and then I tell them that if they study with me for a year, then at that point, we can talk about what's next. Because I'm not going to come into someone's school and modify or advise them on making their curriculum more quote-unquote diverse, which will that's a whole other thing we'll talk about in a minute, diverse and inclusive. When the person who owns that company and the leadership of that institution has not that I that I cannot be sure that they know that they are fully like embodied in this work and that they really understand and can hold the responsibility of the work. I will not put my name on that shit. 
Hello, integrity. And so that means that if I do work with a school, that means that I'm not just coming in to advise them that they bet your ass have invested a lot of time, energy, and money in getting to the point where I am now willing to say, yes, let's put, I'm, I'm, I can stand behind this. Exactly. And I think it's it's important to note, and you can go back to all of our old episodes to listen to why, right? Why you have to make sure that you're not just signaling safety and equity and like the level of harm that causes. We've talked about that so many times. But I think it's important to note here for me in full transparency, because I know that there's going to be people who follow me on IG and they're like, oh, but we saw that you were teaching an anti-oppression like unit in somebody else's program. And I'm not going to name that person because I didn't ask them if they were okay, but if you saw it on IG, it's public. It's not a, it's not a secret, but, and this person has also said publicly, they've worked with me for two years. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Two years. And I want to be explicit about that because, you know, people like to play that game. They're like, oh, but we's and Trudy, you said this, but you're doing this. Right. Oh, I will say exactly. I stand by everything. And I think this is important because we're not saying don't collaborate. If you are an anti-racism or anti-oppression or gender equity educator, you can't collaborate with a person that holds the privilege, you know, that you might be trying to dismantle or in, in opposition to your oppressive, you know, marginalized identity. What we're saying is that there is an appropriate and right way. It's not co-opting. It's not centering yourself as the expert, right? Because even the people that Trudy has worked with and goes into their programs to do these things. And, and she's, as she's described, or the one that I am currently aligned with are folks that have done their work and invested so much that they know that it's not going to be a, Hey, and then come change my copy. It's like, cool. Now I need to bring you in and you still need to be the one teaching the thing or guiding the thing or, or framing, you know, whatever the case is, because even though I've done my work, I am not and should never be the expert. I cannot be the poison and the antidote. And they understand that. So, but that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of folks who, like I said, they've learned the language. So like, Trudy, please like, come, ju- come judge, right? Come make <laughs> this look good. Right. Make sure it sounds good. Make sure my pictures. Yo, when we've talked about this, remember when we had somebody ask us to do, to be present at their photo shoot? Yeah. What? The fact that that was even like, what? You've never worked with us before a day in your life, but like you want us to come and be present at a photo shoot to make sure it looks what? Anyways, neither here nor there. The point is you cannot decide that you're going to learn the language of something and then step into the role of expert without having truly become the version of yourself that can do that thing. You have to become the version of you. And once you become that version, specifically with regards to anti-racism and anti-oppression, you know that you have no business being in the driver's seat of that because not only is it not your lived experience, but that is not what you teach. That is not what you do. So you know you still have to take a backseat, period. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing coaching certifications pop up that are claiming to be DEI, the only leaders of DEI and equity lenses and a lot of language that we've been talking about for a hundred some episodes. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I don't care. I'm hot too. (laughs) Right? Like that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people who have no business teaching this and who are explicitly going to cause way more harm by making these false claims not having done any of their own work, but positioning themselves as the expert, because then you're going to churn out a whole bunch of other coaches or educators or whatever it is that you're leading and teaching who think that they know what the fuck they're doing too. That's the problem, right? It's, it's the, now you have people who think they did something. I got on a phone call with someone recently who was considering like doing some work with us. And they were like, well, I don't really know. You know, I did this program and I don't really know what more I'm going to learn. And I was like, the fact that that could even leave your mouth demonstrates that you did not get proper training because you, you like, no, no, because there's no way that you in a couple months learned an adequate amount of techniques. What you're learning is ideology. You're learning concepts. You're not learning a practice. You know, I hate I hate to make this parallel for new listeners who don't know how we feel about, you know, 
standardized education and all of the ways in which it reproduces whiteness. But this is an under this is something that everyone will understand. Right. It's like saying I got my B.A. in anatomy or biology. And so I understand how the body works. Give me a knife. I'm going to perform open heart surgery. (laughs) Right. Like what? Nah, fam, you you have the base rudimentary ideological educational knowledge of the thing. We have a whole episode, right? Education versus applied knowledge for exactly that reason. It's like y'all are acquiring the the understanding in the language, but you don't know how to do the thing. You can't go then perform open heart surgery. You haven't gone to, through residency and med school and your internship and all of these other things. Just like if you learn a foreign language, I can learn Spanish all day long. But if I have not immersed myself in practicing the customs and the culture, I'm going to get to a Spanish speaking country and look like an asshole. I'm going to I'm going to make a fool of myself because I'm like, oh, look, I've I have a mastery of the language, but I don't I've never applied it in a true, authentic way. I haven't learned how to move in that space. I don't know what the appropriate way to say hello, goodbye. What you know, how do people feel about like spatial distance and how close you are to someone and all of those things. What are the practices in that in that place? Or you learn it in one in Spain and then you come to Puerto Rico right. acting like and, you know. And and <laughs> let me tell you, from what I do know, you will look like an asshole. It's like <laughs> and like the, the manipulation comes in because the you because of our cultural moment, people are again, they're really afraid to make mistakes. People want to do better. And so they're presented with like this information, like, oh yeah, we get it. We have this, you know, it's like, no. And there's many, I've seen the Instagram ads that I see that are like about diversity and coaching. I'm like, if y'all still talking about diversity, you I already know that you're not credible. I already know. Yeah. That's the thing is like you quote unquote mastered a language. Right. You can someone else talk about it. Exactly. A, B, you're not really in it. Because if you were immersed in it, if you were staying up to date, if you were really embodying this as a true, authentic part if of it was who you your now profession, are, you mean? And, and also <laughs> if it was your profession. But even people who aren't like at the level of professional, right? Like we have clients and I see the way that they talk on social media and I can tell that they are staying plugged in always. Yes, that's true. You know what I mean? They're listening to what we have to say or what other people in our field have to say. They're taking, you know, higher levels of classes or taking new workshops consistently because, but again, it's because they've gotten to the place where they've truly embodied it and they understand, they understand how they're supposed to show up and what that ongoing practice looks like. And so, yeah, they might've might taken working to- towards woke the very first time we taught it, like, well, damn now, like four, th- four years ago, three, I don't even know what time, it, what, what is time hell years ago. But but they've stayed up to date because they're plugged in because it's authentically a part of how they live their everyday life. So their ear is to the ground. And because of that, they know not to position themselves as a professional in the field. Right. Versus folks who are using language like diversity. I'm like, cool. So you took a base course or a workshop or you came to our free ally to accomplice webinar or listen to our podcasts from three, four years ago. And then you were like, I'm good. Let me incorporate some of this. Let me create new branding and copy. Diversity stuff. Bro, diversity, equity, and inclusion is not the move. Like, you also just are not listening, period. There's so much free content that has not just us, like hella people, peers of ours, people in the industry that are like, if you're still talking about DEI, you're late. So late. We have evolved past that. You're hella late, which means either you're this is not your profession or... You are not committed to the the evolution of your own understanding and practice as a professional, which is also a problem. But that's another conversation for another day. But I want to put that asterisk in there so no one starts going after people who have been doing this work for like 10, 15 years, credibly, that you still use that language. That's a different issue. That's like you're not doing professional development. Right. That's different. Different conversation for a different time. But if you woke up yesterday and decided that your certification course is now going to be the leading DEI equity, blah, 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 among certifications or whatever else, you're going to get tagged, first of all. Like, don't get hollist. 
because I'm at that place now. I'm hollising like I've now, now made it a verb. Don't get hollised. I will you, like you will get hollised because people are tired of it. And our commitment to making sure that folks are not reproducing harm doesn't rest solely within the actual, you know, hood wearing Tiki Torch Kyle Rittenhouses of the world. It includes folks that are reproducing white systems of oppression and white supremacist ideologies in these ways that seem nuanced and might seem really subtle, but they are equally, if not more harmful. I would say more. I personally would say more. Yeah. I would a hundred percent say more because it's all driven. It's more. And, it, and it's also like, it's insidious because it, it is rooted in that capitalistic, like the toxic elements of capitalism about like, Oh, I know that this is going to get me more clients. I'm going to benefit from this. Right. It's that profit over people. But that's not all that's going on out here. (laughs) But no, but that is not it. Please do say more. So the other thing we have happening is this like policing, because this work is an imperfect practice and it's an evolution. We have this like policing of people by those who, again, want to be professionals, who want to portray themselves as experts in this work, policing everything that other people say, waiting for an opportunity for someone to misspeak, make a mistake, use an outdated term, you know, you do just kind of like make a, make not, and I'm not even talking about big major violations, <laughs> right? I'm talking about honest mistakes, right? And using their position their identity in some cases to try and like strong arm someone into doing something, into hiring them, into making some kind of financial contribution, into like doing things that like are, or, or simply like trying to take down someone's platform or, or brand there's a lot of that going on too. I hear it all the time. And and it is breeding fear. It's like making, it's honestly making our work harder because now people that we know who are actually really trying to do the work are like fearful of just doing anything. I mean, I think beyond that, it also, pers- I take it a personal offense because I think it also makes a mockery of all of the work that we're doing. Because again, it's the same mastery of the language, right? It's the same ideological kind of like base learning, but it weaponizes whiteness in a different way. It still uses the same tactics of whiteness, but differently being, oh, well, I'm melanated. So you can't argue with me. If I'm saying it's harm, it's harm. If I'm being harmful, you can't actually, I put you in a position if you're going to, I've literally put your, what is this saying? Like back against the wall. Like I've put you in a position where it's like, well, if you call me out, now I get to call you a racist or a, or a bad white person, which everybody's so scared of. But if you just go with the flow and let it happen to you, now you're subscribing to your own dehumanization, which we've had this conversation before. Yeah, it's a choice, but it's not free will. Like And then the white folks who are committed to anti-racism and anti-oppression work are are truly stuck because they're like, I'm so committed to not causing harm or reducing my harm footprint. And you're telling me that it's harmful. And even though everything inside of me says that this is some fuck shit, I also don't even know if it's appropriate for me to reach out to the Trudys and Weezes of the world that I've worked with to take up their space or time, even if I'm paying them for it. And now I've started to gaslight myself. Again, classic, classic weapon of whiteness, right? Audre Lorde, you cannot dismantle the master's house using the master's tools. And that's exactly what these melanated folks are doing. They're using the master's tools to try to strong arm their way into the master's house and flip the power dynamic instead of simply eradicating it completely. Right. And it's coming from like unprocessed and unhealed trauma. A hundred percent. We know that. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming from, I I actually do 
believe I, you know, I'm, I, I, God, I hope this is the case. Like, I, I, cause I really don't, I really hope that people aren't sitting in their offices looking for opportunities to manufacture this experience, right? Look, just like kind of waiting, like looking to just jump on to, to do this. I think that people do see things, they become triggered. It triggers something that, again, an unprocessed trauma or, you know, something like that. And they respond from a very like visceral place, emotional place. And, and then it spirals out of control, but it's still manipulation. Like there's still a manipulation occurring. Yes. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, it's intentional. I know for a fucking fact that there are some people out there and cause I'm not messy. I'm not going to name them, but I'm going to tell you for a fact that I have either heard people say, or cause these people don't realize that people talk to us. I have seen screenshots from a melanated person to another melanated person thinking, well, since I'm talking about a white person, they won't say anything or like, you know, it's okay or whatever. Like, yo, I'm about to come for her. I want to position myself in a certain way. I need to increase. I want to increase my brand. I want to move into this particular lane. I'm coming for this particular person on this particular thing. Which is, again, very different than the way that you'll see. And, you know, I just said it, so we'll, we'll use this example. The way in which, you know, you or I or, or Maisha or Letty or anyone else has been like, let's break down the problem with Rachel Hollis. That's a different thing. Exactly. Like, we're like, this person who is highly visible is a perfect example of this larger thing that we've seen. And we've invited them into a conversation and we haven't attacked them as a human. We haven't said anything about their characteristics as a human. We haven't then also demanded that other white people pay us or follow us. We have not used that then for emotional and financial extortion, or rather, we haven't used that to financially extort by pressing on emotionality and pressing on white shame and white guilt intentionally. We haven't weaponized white shame and white guilt against people to get Venmos or cash apps or enroll people in programs and have still left enough space for the Hollises of the world to say, look, and when you're ready to have this conversation, email me, DM me. Still happy to to do this with you. Also, I think that there's something to be said. And we've talked, I've said this before, right? Like if you're a public figure and you have that kind of influence, right? Where like millions of people or even thousands of people are listening to you. Then part of the, what do we call it? We did a whole episode of workplace hazard is this public critique, right? So like you, that comes with the terror. You're getting paid millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars in some cases, right? Like, yeah, you can, you should be able to be, to hold being called out if you fucked up. Like you should be able to hold that. And take the responsibility and see the opportunity to repair if that's what you're into or ignore it if that's what you're into, which we've seen a lot of too. That's different than like hitting people up who are small business people just, you know, trying to make a living, take care of their families, create some good in the world, right? That's different than like, than that, than really showing up and coming for people and trying to, what you're saying, emotionally extort and financially in some cases extort people because they made a mistake. And again, like the, how many times I got to say the words don't happen on Instagram. Like you don't have the, no one has the right to be like patrolling around Instagram or Facebook or wherever looking for like literally looking for things to just get to, to start stuff around. By the time, what's funny is like, by the time you or I talk about something on a podcast, it's because many people have sent it to us <laughs> and there's a broader conversation happening about it anyway. Right. We don't have the time in our day to be like, <laughs> listen, I really don't, don't have the time. No, to be talking about every little thing. Like, you know how many things I see on a daily basis that I'm just like, I'm just going to not even, I'm just going to. Well, and I think what people need to understand is also we don't address it because it's Wednesday. Like, cool, whiteness is whiting. And I don't just mean by white people. I mean, by even, like I said, melanated folks who are weaponizing whiteness and using the quote unquote master's tools. We see it regularly. So when we do address it, it's because now we've seen it on such a like uh, on a certain magnitude or we've seen it 
in such an egregious way, like white folks using DEI as the cornerstones of their programs or their institutes or their certifications or whatever the case may be. Like, that's why we're talking about it, because now it's like there is a to your point, there's a larger lesson, a more nuanced conversation that needs to occur. And to your point, unfortunately, like we are, you know, even in our small corner of the Internet, like we are not exempt from people coming for us or asking us questions or I mean, people do so regularly. The only problem, and we've said this before, the only problem is that we actually embody this work. So when things come up, we're like, oh, damn. Yeah, that was a good point. Like, let me think about that further. Let me think about how to course correct or let me think about how to do it differently in the future. Is there an apology that needs to happen? Does it need to be public? Does it just need to be one-on-one? What does harm restoration look like? We already run through that process. So it doesn't become this whole big scandal because people are like, oh, well, God damn it. They did the thing. They honored my humanity. They restored harm. I also don't do any wild fuck shit. We should also say that. And also, neither you or I or our, you know, some of our colleagues that you've just mentioned, right? We're not using DEI to sell a product. <laughs> this is our actual work. Yes. Great point. <laughs> this isn't like we we didn't wake up in 20, early 2020 and be like, oh, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to add DEI to whatever, you know, whatever we were doing previously and use that as a, a way to draw in more people. No, this is the work we were doing before it was all the rage, <laughs> right? Before, and, and we'll be doing it after. Long after. Because let me tell you right now, I can name off the top of my head at least 10 people that popped into the space as DEI, equity, social justice, anti-racism, blah, 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 professionals in 2020 that are doing something entirely different now because it's not paying their bills. And because they realize that like this, it's not easy. It's actually hard as fuck. It's actually a lot to hold somebody through a transformational process if you're doing it properly, regardless of the transformation, that's the first thing. Then you add on the extra layers of this particular work. Then you add on the layers of socialization. Then you add on the layers of now we have to ensure that we've moved you through a process so that you can be an integrous, like you can walk in the integrity of the work on your own without us and that your businesses or your life or your personal life or whatever also reflects it. It's not easy. Not to mention if you hold a marginalized identity in the work that you do, which you should if you're actually doing the work because it should be from your lived experience. You then also have to manage your own triggers and your own trauma as it comes up. Like, And we've talked about this so much, but it's not easy. You don't just pop up and decide. And also, I'm going to say this. Y'all got to stop interchanging anti-oppression, anti-racism, gender equity, decolonization. They all mean different things. They're all different things. Some folks do hold the ability and the expertise to do several things or more than one thing, but they're not the same fucking thing. I'll get on my nerves with that. They're not synonyms. They mean different things. And the fact that some of you are using them as synonyms is indicative of your lack of knowledge around that fact, which ergo disqualifies you for expert status. <laughs> I had to say it. I know it's petty. I don't care. No, no, no. I mean, it's it's important because people don't know. So let's talk about some of the things to watch out for. Yes. I think that is more the point. Yes, what, let's Especially do that. for y'all. Our listeners, we want you to avoid the traps. So, and I'm going to say this, get a pen and a piece of paper right now if you're listening for two reasons. One, I actually want you to write these down for yourself. Two, I have curated a nifty list of episodes that you can go back to. And there are several of them because we've been doing this for like a hundred and something episodes at this point that will dive much deeper into each of these particular elements that we have brought up that so that you can have a full scope understanding of all of the elements that are at play right now. So do you have it? Do you have your pen and paper or your note in your phone? If not, pause and come back and then press play. And after you've pressed play, Trudy, please go ahead. Continue. The magic of audio, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think the first thing that I want people to really 
ask themselves when they're taking in any kind of content or criticism or looking, you know, looking at something is to ask, what is the purpose of this piece of content? Whether it's a DM that you got or a sales page that you're looking at or a opt-in or whatever it is, like, what is the purpose of it? Is the purpose of it, like, what is the intention that it was designed around? Is it authentically inviting me into a deep inquiry or is it a marketing angle, (laughs) right? Is it a marketing angle? Is it, am I being shamed in this? Am I being made to be wrong? Is the intention that someone is trying to sell me something directly now? And this is a slippery slope, right? Because like I sell things, we have a certification program that we launched this year, right? But again, we're not tapping on, I want to make sure I say this clearly because I don't want anybody to be like, oh, you have a certification program. Yes, we do. We're not tagging on an ec- like equity, DEI, into a certification about something else. What we are doing is doing deep training about equity-centered practice in go- coaching and leadership. There was something that we, 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 I remember you really getting, really getting on this. The fact that people were just like attaching anti-racism to, anti-racism to every other word. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't remember what episode it was, <laughs> but I was like, you can't be, it's like anti-racism basket weaving, anti-racism knitting. Like what the fuck? No. Yes. Right. Exactly. Anti-racism dog training. Like <laughs> what? Stop. Stop it. Right. So ask yourself, what is the intention of this content that I'm looking at? And, you know, what is the nature of it? Again, is there shaming here? Am I being invited into something authentically? Is this person invested in selling me on an idea or something like that? Like really what, why, what is this about? Because even if someone is I've had relationships with a couple of people online where I've seen something and I'll pop into their DM and I'll be like, Hey, just so you know, we've moved past this, this particular word or this particular language, just letting you know, bye, we're good. Like, you know, just, and that's only with people that I know, you know, people that I, not that I know personally, but you know, who have been kind of in the community enough that, you know, I, I recognize them, but because consent is a, value in equity-centered coaching, right? You can't be popping up into people's shit, just like telling them what to do. You don't have, that's not, that's invading somebody's space. That was different to have a conversation in the, in a public DM. I mean, in a public comment section, but to show up in DMs, critiquing people like that, just cut it out. I once got a message. It wasn't that long ago that the first message was like, Hey, do you mind if I give you some feedback? And then they sent the feedback. Like they didn't wait. <laughs> That's not how consent works, y'all. Yeah. Just That's what? Not how it works. Can I can I punch you in the face? Boom. Like what? 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 So step one, really assess the intention of what you're what you're looking at. What else do you think people need to be looking for? Step two is looking for where the individual or organization has pointed to their learning source. Who Have they attributed specifically at any point where they have done their work or who they are doing their work with? That is actually very important because if you see somebody that's like, DEI, equity, anti-racism, blah, 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 and is not an expert in that field. As in, that is not the work that they explicitly do. It means they learned it somewhere in theory. And they should at some point have said, as my coach or as this, you know, academic institution or whatever, whatever has taught me, or like having learned da 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 from so and so, or maybe in an IG live, like shout out to my whoever. You will always know me and Trudy's clients because they say it all the time. They'll be like, and when we're talking about da 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 da, as I learned from Trudy and Weeze or Weeze or Trudy or whatever or whoever they learned it from, right? They will always provide proper attribution for where they learned the thing. Yes. And this is different 
than hiring people to come in and speak on your behalf, right? So don't be fooled by that because there's a lot of people who want to partner with the expert, but still center themselves and their business as like the facilitator of the learning. That's something to watch out for. And a, and a, and a clear example of this actually, so it happened recently, what it looks like is during Trans Awareness Week, I specifically brought in Tara Lynn, who is a non-binary gender equity educator. So holds the experience, specifically has an entire business around gender equity, education, transformation, so on and so forth. Brought them in to provide education and a, a learning experience and a live to my audience. And then said, and if you want to learn more, here are all of the ways in which you can follow you know, subscribe, enroll yourself, so on and so forth. Here is the uh, the passing of the baton. I am not the expert. I was happy to be able to introduce my audience to this actual educator. And you don't need to own that relationship. Exactly. Super important. So that's what it looks like versus I want to talk about gender equity and I want to talk about trans rights. So I'm going to bring in somebody who does this work or has this lived experience also really important. Notice I said, or, because a lot of times people who are not, who have not built their discernment lens will tokenize the fuck out of people who hold marginalized identities, who are not even experts in the field, who are not, who really are not educators, but they hold the lived experience. So it's like, oh yeah, just come talk about it from your lived experience, which there is value in, but again, that's different, right? But so what it doesn't look like is me saying, Carolyn, come do this thing inside of my community, Cool. Now that you're done, everybody subscribe to my newsletter, sign up for my program, do the thing with me, give me your money. Thanks, TL, toodles, right? Like that's not it. So when you're seeing that, or maybe I put together a panel of people, a town hall, if you will. And then I say, I have all of these people that hold marginalized identities that I don't, that are speaking both from their lived experience and their actual professional experience. And then afterwards I say, and now come sign up for my program. Come do this thing with me. Fuck them. Like, that's essentially what I've said. I've tokenized them. I've used them. Or still, I've used them, right? Come sign up for this thing because in my program, they teach within my program. Do you know what that's called? That's called owning the relationship. And you know what that is a derivative of? I'm gonna let y'all all guess. If you're thinking the master's tools, you're right. I mean, so many things, the toxic capitalism, exploitation of labor, I mean, the list can go to me that, but that, and that's, but that's all born out of that white ownership mentality, all of it. That's a problem. So that would be the second biggest thing that I name is like, how are people talking about their learning, their experience, where they've learned it from? Who are they giving proper attribution to? And then if it's not the thing that they are an expert in, even if they're using their platform to introduce you to it, are they owning, taking ownership of either the, the, the educator and the education, or are they then diverting you to that person's platform, that person's educational you know, material, so on and so forth? So next, I would say you want to be on the lookout for actual like it's particularly in in the case of being called out or being called in the commitment to the relationship is there a commitment to mutual resolution and advancement of the relationship or do people just want to be mad i think there's a whole bunch of people out here who really just want to be mad who just want to be mad uh fully agree fully agree But when there are times when you might be called in or maybe it feels more of a call out, but someone is actually invested in you doing better and they are willing to kind of like advance the relationship without it. And it's not selfish. It's like a mutually beneficial like and, and you know that in the way that it feels like you have to trust your your discernment, your body the feeling in your stomach around like, is is this coming because they're invested in my growth and invested in the relationship or because they want to call me out? Right. Are you in right reciprocal relationship? Right. Exactly. Because if you're not, what it looks like is people coming for you with the purpose 
of elevating themselves, whether it's financially or in social standing or likes or followers or whatever the thing is. And the thing that comes into play here is whether or not people are complaining about something that they are upset about or that has happened to them, or they're talking about how someone else has been harmed. I am listening to a book right now. I'm not going to say what book it is. (laughs) I'm not going to say what book it is because that matters less than the scenario. But this person, I don't actually agree with a lot of what this person has to say, but I am a academic and a scholar. Like I want to know the arguments that other people, other people are making hell so that I can like, no, like understand the perspective if in case I have to disarm it or, you know, like whatever, whatever it is. Right. So this person was sharing a situation, how they experienced um, a, a issue around racism. And when they were younger and a bunch of adults stepped in around that person and it turned into a big like lawsuit and the NAACP was involved. And it was like, there was just a a lot of energy around it. And this person was saying how, like, it really soured them to the, this type of activism because they were a young person and no one actually talked to them about it. So all these adults were like more upset and upset in a different way and used the young person's pain to really amplify their own position. And that happens all of the time. So when you're getting critiques from people or feel, think like, is this, where is this coming from? Is this about your pain? Is this about it? Like, or is it, is someone using the pain of another person to actually prop up their platform? And again, are they taking ownership of that thing? Or have they been explicitly named as an advocate? Like, again, consent is important. Consent, exactly. So did a person feel safe enough to say, will you have this conversation with me or for me? Will you advocate for me? Who is really being centered? If the person who is being harmed is not at the center of conversations, if the pain, those closest to the pain are not being centered and uplifted and prioritized, we're all doing it wrong. It is. It's a manipulation. It's performative. It is about somebody else's platform. It's a weapon of whiteness. Oh, yeah. I'm taking up for this population. Did that population ask you to? Did anyone in that population even actually signal that they were bothered? Or or sometimes it's even a person, like not a whole population, but a person. But the reason I say that is because what I've noticed is it'll be like, like I'm, I'm speaking on behalf. Exactly. And, and people do that when they're not, when they haven't actually done the work because they want to make it seem like a bigger issue. They want to create that larger than life, make it very grandiose. Because there's also a difference between an individual saying, I, I'm upset or I feel harm. And yes, I have these marginalized identities. And yes, you know, are all of the marginalized or mainstream identities that are at play might have contributed to this harm. That's different than the thing that you are doing or saying is explicitly anti-Black or misogynistic or, you know, transphobic or whatever the thing is. Like, are you reproducing a system of oppression on an ideological level? Or are two people having a moment where there has been harm caused. Right. And both of those can have racial dynamics for sure, but they're not the same thing. Correct. So also looking for that, that's super important. And is a person trying to take that one-on-one and now make it the bigger issue again, to what end? To what end? I think that's enough for now. Do you have any other burning ones? There's one last thing before I give them the episodes. If the very first thing that comes out of someone's mouth is here's my cash app or Venmo. And not because like there's a lot of education that's been done. There's a lot of work that's been done. Somebody needs a resource. Somebody needs financial support or assistance. But like, oh, I did all this stuff and I called out this white person or I did this thing or I or or I put together this town hall and now sign up for my course or Anytime it's like an immediate shift to like, oh, I'm going to get your attention. And now there's a, a, a specific ask for either money sent or signing up for something. Big ass red flag. 
especially if it's not transparent, like just it's really, I do got to say, like we did, we had an event recently and at the beginning of the event, like right up front, I was like, look, when we're later, I'm going to talk about the work we do and I'm going to ask you to listen. I'm not going to pressure you to buy anything, but I am going to ask you to listen because the work that I do, because this is actually the work that I do have like we, running Facebook ads or Instagram ads or anything like that is almost impossible for us. We cannot get anything through. So even if you don't buy anything from me, just you knowing what we do is so supportive. Like just you hearing about what we do, because then you can tell someone else and I'll do that right up front just so that it's super clear. And I'll explain what, like, I do not have to bait and switch anyone. I am not trying to convince anybody to do work that they don't want to do. Right. And we've said that from the beginning. From the beginning. Okay. So the episodes that I want everybody to listen to, we're going to go all the way back. Okay. Episode 19, if you have not listened to it, Ally to Accomplice, so you can understand the base framework. Whoa. Let's take it back to the old school. (laughs) Right? Exactly. Then we're going to jump to episode 58, Workplace Hazards. That's the actual hazards of doing this work. Then we're going to go, and we did a little trilogy, if you remember. It was episode 63, People Over Profit. Episode 64, Around Safe Space. Episode 65, Around Community Accountability. Then we're going to cross over to episode 68, The Basics of Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. Episode 73, So You Think You're Woke. Episode 76, Education Versus Action. Episode 85, DEI Was DOA. And episode 93, The Evolution of Anti-Racism Work. If you have not listened to those, you all need to go listen to them. Maybe you're new. If you have listened to them, I now want you to go back and listen to them from this critical lens and this perspective because you have a new lens to listen to this through. This low-key makes me want to start the Facebook group back up. I'm also thinking we should do a workshop. Yeah. Be paying attention, y'all. Yeah. I think we just need to drop some on them. Yeah. You know, we haven't done that in a while, actually. It might be time. Okay. Pay attention, everyone. Pay attention. Big things soon come, perhaps. You know, in true Weez and Trudy fashion, it'll just pop up one day like, oh, sign up. Also, you only have hours to sign up and then it's closed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you are not, you need to be following Trudy LeBron and according to Weez on Instagram. Go ahead and subscribe to newsletters. The links are in our bios of our IGs um, because that's where we will tell y'all if things are happening. Absolutely. All right. Now that's all I got. All right, y'all. We're going to see you soon. Toodaloo. See ya. Thank y'all for listening to this episode of That's Not How That Works. To become part of our community and to continue the conversation, please join us in the Facebook group. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and if you have a moment, leave a written review because it'll help people find us. Until next time, this is Trudy. And I'm Weez. And we out.